set up perfect where we could have a studio in the front and then have this little cocktail bar party in the that. back. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hello. 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 Hello, and welcome to Architecting. This is a podcast about the lives of architects. About the people and stories behind the buildings that we see around us and the images that brought them to life. And with the very international world that we live in. This show will purposefully be local and narrow. Only focusing on the Colorado community of designers. Hi, I'm the host of Architecting. Adam Wagner. I'm a Denver-based architect. I'm married to an architect. I have two architecture degrees and I've worked for a dozen different architecture firms in three different countries. But for these last five years, I've been rooted in Denver where I am at Open Studio Architecture and I teach at the University of Colorado, Denver. I love connecting with, with other designers and learning from their experiences. Now I'm broadcasting these stories with the goal of creating a stronger local community. So today on the show, we have another design couple, uh, Brandon and Tana Anderson, founders of Live Studio. So as a architect married to an architect myself, I've, I've looked up to this couple and the work that they have created, especially the restaurant uh, environments that they've crafted, like uh, El Posto, Super Mega Bien, Sushi Rama, Denver Central Market, and Greenlight Lab. Uh, this couple has worked for many of the major Denver architecture firms, as well as offices in California and Texas. We really could have talked a lot longer about their work and the way that they figured out how to collaborate and create projects together, but this interview is still an hour and 20 minutes long. Um, and actually, after our interview officially ended, uh, we just kept on talking and, and, and I kept the tapes rolling. So I've included some more of our conversation as a bonus after the credits. So check that out if you'd like. Enjoy. So our goal at Architecting is to help connect Colorado designers. And nobody is already doing this better than Modern in Denver. For over a decade, Modern in Denver has been striving to bring architects together and to educate the public about what good design can be and can accomplish. I'm very excited to be working together with them now on this shared goal. So over the years, they have constantly created fantastically curated stories about Colorado designers and projects and work to connect the profession with live local events. So go out now, buy a copy of their new print issue, subscribe to their weekly email list, and follow them on Instagram. Done well. Just uh, scrambling here this week. Yeah, it big sounded de- like that. Deadlines. Yeah, turning into <laughs> CDs for a project tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. Well, sorry, this landed. No, it's all right. It's every, every, all kinds of things land in the artistry. Nice. <laughs> can't plan out everything so yeah i'm guessing a lot of weeks are fairly hectic for you guys yeah i think so <laughs> tana just showed up here hey hello tana. how are you good yeah that's just what it is we i think i don't know how many years ago we just stopped complaining about being busy we we're just like hey nobody cares and everybody else is busy so <laughs> and, and and being busy means you're hopefully getting paid i guess right or yeah hopefully doing good and... <laughs> no, hopeful. Busy, busy hopeful. Good. 
we started CDs in January 15th. Are we starting? No, we started just the overall We project. met the client. Uh, we met the, we January met the client 15th. January 15th and we're done tomorrow. So, yeah. Wow. Is that a, is that a normal, normal burn? No, it was fast. We're trying to meet an trying to meet date. a certain deadline. And, you know, we don't, deadlines like that are painful. And I told Brandon, I said, we're setting a really bad precedent that we can get it done. But, you know, one of the things that we love is like really meeting the client where they need to be. And this is yeah. kind of one of those dates that isn't really, it's not set by them. It's, um, it's just a, it's a holiday. So yeah, it's a they, holiday. They want to hit so. so we're going to try to help them do it. Yep. Have you, have you been seeing that a lot? Like uh, coming out of COVID restaurants trying to ramp up or refresh or. Yeah, definitely our phone started ringing a lot mid-December you know after the election once the vaccine got approved um you know a lot of a lot of restaurateurs are seeing that there's uh open space available um a lot of them are, that we're seeing are actually existing brands that want to expand hmm. and see this opportunity so hmm. some some new brands as well but yeah it's good to see people surviving and coming yeah, out of it. But. Exactly. And seeing a future, you know. <laughs> no, they're they're as a, a sector or a, you know group of people. They're the one of the more hopeful groups, and uh, always looking for. You know, they, they see that the bright side of things a lot. They're the optimist. <laughs> yeah, I, which is why we can always relate to them with the, the chefs and stuff because yeah i think architecture typically optimists that's interesting it seems like such a volatile business i mean mm -hmm. the restaurant business but yeah they have not the architecture least, business least, <laughs> <laughs> maybe with both it's hit, hit and miss maybe <laughs> <You're right. laughs> uh, yeah but no, that uh, is like, volatile it is it's you know only certain ones you know, survive or make it for multiple years. If you make it for, I don't know how many years and that's successful. And then if you're able to maybe then even sell it after that, that's even more successful. You know, some of our clients feel like, so. Yeah. And then go on and do other things. It's interesting that idea of, of optimism. So who are you, are you able to describe yourself as a, as a couple and as a, as a team, kind of a two sentence bio of, of who you are. Does that play into it? That word. Mm. Mm. Two sentence bio of who we are. I don't know. Um, optimistic. Do you think that word, like, I'll not that the word optimism is in, you know, yeah, I think it is in that, but I would think that uh, two sentence bio, I, I've been thinking about it a little bit. Um, just the fact that we're very opposite. Mm. You know, it's one of those things where we have like our goals line up, but who we are as people are so different and we're, you know, one's an extrovert, one's an introvert. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm more uh, big picture. Um, I'd say you're more detail oriented and you know, different things like that. So it's like, it's that uh, yeah, yeah. balance between the two. Huh. Well, I think that that helps us make it through almost 24 years now <laughs> so how, how did that how did you guys come together what what was that 
what was that like finding of the yin and the yang? Like, yin and yang. well, we first found each other. You want to tell? No, go for it. Um, so we were both studying in college at uh, Texas Tech University. And uh, I was just going into the, my graduate studies portion there. And Tana was um, coming from interior design and going to an architecture minor. And so in order to do the architecture minor, she did a study abroad program in Italy and I was doing the same one. And so it's like, you know, you go through all architecture school, undergraduate, knowing every single person and you're together all the time. And so it's like, I showed up at the, we had like a, every Thursday night or some night of the week, mm -hmm. once, you know, once every week, um, we'd get together at night with the instructor and he would just kind of prep us for getting going over there. Because uh, we did it was a summer program, like May through August. And so that whole spring semester, we were just prepping for it. All of a sudden, there was a, a new person at the table. Into the group. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, um, yeah, we didn't really meet during that spring semester. But uh, when we got over to Italy, we uh, hit it off right away. So, so yeah, so we, so anyway, we were, we studied over in Italy for uh, three and a half months, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, for basically a semester and uh, we were engaged within less than a month. Really? After, after Italy? <laughs> no, oh, in, Italy. in Italy. In Italy. In Italy. Wow. Yeah. That's so funny, you know, because. I don't know if you've met my wife. She, she's an architect as well. Uh, but we we started dating in Italy. The same thing, and it's just like something magical about that place. Where, where'd I, you guys Where'd you guys go? So I used all my props while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we uh, we studied in Vicenza. That was mm. the main place that we were based out of. Yeah, nice. but we did almost a we did like a three week tour as the whole group uh, from Milan down to Rome and then back up to Venice over a three-week period, just staying at different places like Urbino and Gubbio and um, Assisi and Ravenna, different places like that. So that was, you know, two minivan load, you know, full of uh, architecture students just jumping out and sketching every place we could. That's amazing. A after a so. month. So, so Tana, <laughs> Tana what, what was it? What, what, how do you guys know after a month? Well, uh, I don't know. Crazy. Fire. It was crazy. <laughs> Naivety. Well, they all knew each other. You know, they were the class and they all knew each other. And so I had developed a friendship um, with one of the girls before we um, before we left. Um, we were in a different class together. But really, I mean, I was just knowing that I needed to get into architecture. I knew that the interior design program was missing something. And so just took this class and it was funny, like joining the crew because you definitely, like they weren't all friends, but they knew each other. And so um, it was it was interesting to say the least, for sure. That's but funny. I don't I mean, know. It's yeah. one of those things where you're together almost 24, 24 hours a day seven, too. 24 we were together. You know, so yeah. it's not like, you know, now it'd be like, okay, we went on a date then a week later, you're going, maybe two weeks later, you're going on something like that. You were just together all the time, which you probably, or, you know you guys maybe done the same so but yeah that it was just uh, one of those things that happened which it's interesting now we are we are much better when we're together all the time mm -hmm. than when we're not so i don't know if that comes from that or if that's how 
we ended up together. I'm not really sure like which one was first, but I definitely know that when we're together all the time, we are much better off. We're much better together. We kind of realize the strengths of each person. And um, it's like our family hasn't left the house in a year. So we've been doing pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's funny. That's that's nice. I feel like most couples, it goes the other way with the pandemic, you know, they're at each other's throats. But no, we just had the kids. Yeah, I got the kids. (laughs) But in that in that month time before you engaged did you did you collaborate on any projects like had 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 you gone through like a design collaboration through fire before that or i wouldn't say we weren't designing something together but we we both went over there to italy with different backgrounds and so i think it was interesting to see that when we were over there we were forced to kind of learn who each other was and learn what our history was. And like, I can remember being in a couple of places where Brayden had really studied the space that we were in. And so he would go in and go, you know, kind of tell me all the details. And um, and I think it was just sort of that, that format really, or that space gave us the opportunity to really dive into who each other was and what the history we had. And just kind of appreciate yeah. you know, the, what you had kind of retained out of your education so far you know to 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 study those things in books and then to go and walk through them and smell them and hear people walking through them and see what it sounds like and all those things and to you know be able to share that with somebody for the first time about how you know it's a you know alberti's church within a church and just different things and stuff like that that was really really fun yeah makes it makes a difference when you're when you're really sharing that with somebody yeah yeah absolutely so but we you- also got to see the day-to-day of each other <laughs> too you know so i think it was like we were dreaming about the future we had you know something to force kind of um who who we had been studying like what we'd been interested in before and um and just living day to day. I mean, you were seeing each other at breakfast, who was the first one down, you know, you didn't want to be late to studio, you're walking to studio together, you know, so like the nitty gritties of, of every day were also there. So we travel every weekend. Yeah. yeah. We'd get off at, you know, at, at uh, you know, on Thursday nights, we'd get, that's when we wouldn't have class on Friday. And so we'd midnight hop on a train on Thursday and take off and then be back on Sunday. And so we'd hit a different country every single weekend. So you know, you get to see a lot of each other when you're just trying to explore foreign languages and foreign places and, you know, figuring out who's good with directions and who's not, you know. <laughs> yeah. What, did, a, did a particular like, kind of place or project really stick with you and kind of in, inform you, inform your work more, would you say? Um, I, I mean, the visit for me or the traveling for me definitely informed because I, I ended up doing my thesis over there. And so, um, yeah, that, that whole experience stuck with me for at least a couple, a year after that, just because I was doing, I was doing my thesis on it for a year after that. So what was the thesis on? Uh, so, well, oddly enough, it was, uh, five different restaurants within, uh, Palladios Basilica. And really? Vicenza. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it was, a, I was really getting my head into phenomenology and hmm. and so that, like what things taste like and smell like and and so you know I worked my way through college in restaurants and so that kind of culinary thing was always with me um, still is obviously um, and so you know reading a lot of things from Stephen Hall Gaston Bachelard those guys and just kind of 
going back to memories and stuff like that was always uh, something that I would tap into. So, yeah. Which I still do today. Which... And then Tana, did that, did it, so you started your architectural studies after that study abroad? I had studied it before. Oh, okay. Um, mm -hmm. I had started, but. She kind of wrapped up. Yeah, that was kind of where I was wrapping up. Oh, I kind guess. of the end of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you talked about your backgrounds a little bit before, but did you, did you also kind of share similar backgrounds growing up? Where, where did you guys grow up? We shared, um, I would say, in a, within the same region, basically. In, like Texas like or? Texas, yeah, yeah. Kind of Panhandle slash West Texas. But um, I think that the... the but totally was, different backgrounds. Yes, though. totally different backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up in a very suburban, you know, moving from house to house and doing things, you know, the single mom type thing where Tana had like a poor family, you know, three kids. I was, you know, single kid. Tana grew up on a farm, all those things, you know. So same region, totally different, you know, background area. Yeah. Was it like Tana for you, was it pretty was it a clear path to like design, like interior design and then architecture? Well, because I did come from that farmer sort of small town, my my mother was really hesitant um, on it. You know, she wanted me to be safe and um, wasn't so sure, I guess, about kind of getting out of the normal, out of her comfort zone. So I actually started out um, in education. Hmm. And then I eventually was like, mom, I can't do it. I have to, I have to, I have to go into design. And so, um, I All went of a sudden, into this farmer design. mom had a daughter who wanted to like live in Manhattan and be an interior <laughs> designer. Yeah. That was my goal. I, really, and, yeah. I, I wasn't going to get married. I was going to move to New York and I screwed that all up. Yeah. Right. In one month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was it, was it a, um, a feeling of, of, yeah, like of kind of being, I don't want to say trapped, but like just that opposite of the, the rural kind of setting and, and wanting to run from yes. that. And... Well, I think it's just, the world is so big, you know, and when you are living on a farm, like it's all right here. And I always had this feeling of like, there's so much out there and there's so many opportunities and I want to see it all. I've always wanted to see it all. So it was so just an exploration. Yeah. So was Lubbock like the, uh, an obvious stopping point for that? Or, I mean, no, I didn't want to go there. My, my mother and dad were told, my dad was, went to Lubbock Christian and then he went to Texas Tech. And that was the route that I was, I was, I went, I was expected to go to Lubbock Christian University. And then I could go to Texas Tech because it was right there in the comfort zone, you know? <laughs> no, in fact, I really wanted to go to to North Carolina because I wanted to go into furniture design and um, so one year I told my parents one summer I said I'm gonna go I want to really want to go to North Carolina and so my mom said okay road trip and so she packed us all up and we drove out to North Carolina which doesn't sound like a lot nowadays but then it was a huge undertaking I mean it was a big deal and um and I got out there and my parents were like, we can't afford this. And so um, I was going to have to pay and I was really close. You know, I mean, I had two years left, maybe. Is that right? Two years? I don't know. And um, and so I just decided to finish out at tech and then 
instead of going, I would go to the overseas. When I went and told my mother that I was going to go to Italy for, she looked at me and she goes, well, I ain't paying for you to go gallivant around <laughs> Italy. <laughs> and that was pretty much the mindset, you know, she just really couldn't, she, she never could grasp the fact that I just always wanted to explore. And huh. uh, I mean, she loved me. She supported me totally. She just couldn't understand it. And uh, so I ended up paying for myself to go to Italy because I was I was determined that I was not going to be a small town girl and that I was going to get out of Texas. And yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Huh, it worked out. So then, <laughs> so then, Brandon, for you, how'd you end up at tech? I mean, there's there's so many architecture schools in Texas, right? Uh, there are. Um, basically, I was a... I am a uh, first-generation college graduate, so I didn't have, like, someone there to tell me, like, hey, you need this is a path you need to do. You need to do this step. You need to do that step and, you know, everything. So, um, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons, like, for different students and different younger, you know, interns and stuff like that, I try to be a mentor because I didn't have anybody within my family to kind of help with that, right? So I had to kind of lean on people outside of that. And so I can kind of see people who, are, who struggle with that. I understand it. Um, but I did. I didn't know. Um, but you I, had some really good teachers. Yeah, exactly. I have so to so say, like, he has some really good mentorship and yeah. some really good teachers along the way yeah. that I think have really inspired him to be um, exactly. that mentor. Yeah. And so that, that was one of the things where, you know, I, would, I was one of those typical kind of kids when you're 10 years old and people ask you what are you going to do when you grow up and you you know architecture sounds like a good thing and so i would just say that and then i just haven't you know changed <laughs> you just stuck with it huh. just stuck with it i just kept having the same answer and i didn't know how to get there i didn't know what it was going to take to do that and i didn't even know like you know, i talked to so many students today that you know like well i researched this and i determined this and i did that i was like i had no idea I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I just kept moving forward towards it and just kept pushing the ball. And so certain things happened within my life. And then I ended up at, you know, I was going to do architecture. I knew that um, I did it in high school. I actually started drafting stuff like in junior high and then went to high school. I was doing stuff and entering competitions and stuff like that in, in high school. Hmm. And so that was like probably one of the biggest parts of who I was in high school was, uh, you know, that side of things and so during some of those competitions you know uh my mom knew one of the people who was a judge in one of them and he mentioned to her he's like well you should start doing some college stuff at night while he's in high school and so mm -hmm. i started doing actually um back in the 80s late 80s doing cad stuff and high and in junior college really taking that and so so whenever uh, it came time to graduate high school and go to college there was my local junior college I was already in so I never even had to get accepted into school because he had already got me into college and so I just took, kept taking a couple of years there and uh, got all my basics out of the way there and some other architecture projects and uh, then just kind of transferred all that stuff into tech and uh, yeah just had ended up knowing some buddies and stuff that were going there and uh, ended up being a awesome experience hmm. yeah so then so then you get back so tana you get back from from italy and and you're pretty much done and brandon you have like a year left sort of thing and yeah basically. You, get, yes. you get you get married somewhere around there and then yeah in between that time period 
and then graduate and 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 what happens what's going on at the time uh we we were going to go to two one of two places so um as we looked at philadelphia hmm. we thought about going to philadelphia just because we'd get uh it just experienced all the stuff in europe and train travel and being so connected to things and just really enjoyed that and so we were like well philadelphia it's right in the middle of everything on the east coast we could take a train up all the way up to boston we can go down to washington dc uh, i had done an internship on the the east coast um while i was in school and so that was interesting to me she had wanted to go to new york so the east coast was interesting to her uh, so we took a vacation we basically that was like our it was like our, our research trip to see if we wanted to move to Philadelphia, which was our honeymoon. <laughs> and so we were, we did the whole New Year's thing in New York. And then we uh, stayed with a, a buddy of mine that I'd worked with um, in, uh, in Connecticut, stayed with him for a little bit and went down to Philly and traveled around. And we, I think we really liked it. Yeah, we did. A lot. We just liked the urbanness of it just because of where we'd come from. Right. right. It was just so different. Um, and then a month or so goes by, I can't remember, maybe a couple of months go by. And then, so we come to, to Denver to check it out. And Tana had a friend that was living here. And basically as soon as we drove in, she said, she just looked at my face and she's like, well, I guess we're moving to Denver because just the mountains and everything that Denver was at that time. Um, he never stopped smiling. And I remember we, we had come to Vail and then we were driving to Denver. And I'm like looking at the, <laughs> I'm like looking at the um, cityscape and driving in, and I'm thinking, I don't want to live here. Like, look how flat it is. It's so flat. Just you like know, yeah, I mean, it was just, just like yeah. it was flat. And, um, but I mean, he was smiling the whole time. And I was like, all right, this is where we're doing it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we, we did. We, uh, we're, I, you were done with school I was still in school finished up grad school and uh we just no I don't think so you were still in you were in that's what I just said okay yeah anyway I mean you weren't um, in so I put I together I don't know this was a long time ago Adam they're like this making us go back I, I always like this I, you know I feel like people get prepared to tell their story but when they actually come in here and tell it it, it brings up all these things they haven't thought about and yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, one of the things I remember is like, she was like, okay, you do all the interviews, go, go get your interviews, I'll go find us a place to live and do that part of it. And so we kind of divide and conquered. And I, I set up like 13 interviews. Hmm. Things were really hopping at the time. And uh, when was yeah. that? Uh, 98, 98, end of 98. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, I ended up, uh, I was getting, you know, Again, it was because it was hopping, not because of how great my portfolio was. Um, the work was good. I didn't spend that much time putting it together. It was like a three-ring binder you can, or something. You can always spend more time, right? It's a, yeah. it's an endless pit of effort. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just spent a, an afternoon doing portfolio. Um, I was a guest lecturer on a portfolio review thing the other day, and I was thinking of my portfolio, and I'm like, "You guys are doing great." <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, I came and got a lot of offers and she found us a great place to live. And yeah, we packed it up and moved as soon as uh, I did like a fall graduation. So since we've wrapped up that, we are here beginning in 99. 
So where where did you start working? Where did you um, start working? So my first place in Denver, I actually worked there for about four years, um, was at Park Hill Ivans. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. With with Bruce Ivans? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I worked with him a lot. That's funny. So, um, yeah. So they did that for three and a half years. I and there was a firm that I really had like researched and wanted to work for, and I, you know, got the offer from from Bruce and Bill. And I was just like, you know, and I had a friend from college that was working there and he's like, it's a fun office and stuff. And I, you know, and at that time you're moving to Colorado, I really wanted to work on resort stuff, you know, be up in the mountains. That's why I moved, you know, we moved here. So we did a lot of that. And then the firm that I'd really wanted to work for, that was like a um, person who went to Texas Tech. And so I'd kind of followed him for a while and he was doing really great work in Denver at the time. And I got to meet a lot of cool people working there. Uh, well, I ended up working there after, but he had offered me a job there right out of college, but you know, I'd already taken the other one. Hmm. And I just wanted to, you know, I'd committed to them. They committed to me. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So, which Bruce and Bill, they gave me a lot more experience and responsibility than I ever deserved. Um, but I, in the sink or swim scenario, I, you know, fortunately swam <laughs> and uh, had a lot of great opportunities um, there. Um, but, uh, you know, about four years later, I ended up going to Michael Brendel's um, oh, Architects okay. and worked there with uh, Tanya Silgado and Joseph and yeah, a number Joseph. of other people. So um, that was a lot of fun going there. So, but yeah, Bruce, uh, Park Evans was a, I, I met a lot of fun people there that I'm really good friends with now too. So that's uh, a lot of good things came out of it. And, and Tanya, what were you doing this time? I went to work for Oz Architecture. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. How long were you there? About the same time. About the same time, <laughs> four years? Yeah. Man, I yeah. don't know. Like no, we, years? we both yeah. jumped ship at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. But I think we we're both like, all right, let's try and have something new. Yeah. And I was like, I always wanted to work for this guy. So I'm going to see what happens. So then what did you, you do after Oz then? I went to work for Simple Brown. Oh, really? Okay. Those are some good firms. What was what was Simple Brown like at that time? I mean, it was good. I got to do a lot of great projects. Um, I worked on Racines was the last one that I did. And, you know, it's funny because Racines is one of those places where, um, you know, you could see the mayor and your grandmother, like right next to each other. And I feel like just the experience of, of kind of how to uh, reestablish something that is so established. <laughs> um, yeah, that was back in the day when it was back a totally in the day. different place. Oh, it was such a different place, but it gave me a really good um, foundation for restaurants. Hmm. And so then, did I see you guys work for Lake Flato? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when was that? You know, it's funny because, you know, when you were talking about, like, we want to know about your story, I kind of go back to Lake Flato. <laughs> I don't know why, like that's where, cause that's where our first job that we were able to work together. Uh -huh. So we were living in California, kind of fast forward. We had moved. Yeah. To when is it? Wait, yeah. What, <laughs> wait a second. Okay. So you're, 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 you're at Simple Brown and you're at Brindle and then, and then you moved to California. There were multiple things in between that, <laughs> but, um, and I ended up, um, so Brindle, all the library work just kind of went out 
for there for a while. So it's like 9-11 happens and all the development stuff goes down and all the public stuff is still doing well because of, you know, it's kind of a reverse cycle um, when the economy goes in different ways. Uh, so Brendo, you know, just kind of he came to me one day and he was, he was great for me to work with. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And but I had brought in a couple of projects that weren't typical to hit what he would, you know, what they would do. Um, but he came to me, they were smaller projects, but one was a restaurant and it was a previous client that I'd had. Um, and then one was a residential project from one of the general contractors we were working with on another big project. And uh, so he just came to me and said, Hey, why don't you just go take these and do them on your own for a year and then come back and, you know, we'll have some new stuff going. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's kind of crazy. Um, but he, you know, he gave me a lot of great, great advice kind of as I was doing that. And uh, so I did that for a year and then I came back and he was just like, yeah, there's libraries still aren't happening right now. So, um, and then, so Tana had known that one of the people at Ross Shepherd was leaving and going to Simple. That was right at the same kind of, we we're at the same level. Uh, and so I called up uh, Ross Shepherd and, mm. um, basically it was it was funny I, I joked that i you know went in for the interview and they showed me to my desk and gave me my project and said here you go get going because i you know they had already talked to michael brendel and yeah. so i didn't know i had it before i walked in but um i, I was like i've got to go move my car it's at a meter <laughs> you know <laughs> and so that was a really fast interview and um, i i had to you know that was probably one of my my greatest mentors that i had there was uh herb roth oh yeah he and I worked together, you know, on so many different projects. So, uh, so yeah, so I was doing, working on the LAPD headquarters at the time. Mm. I was working on two different other police stations in LA. So I was flying back and forth to LA, um, like every other week. And, uh, then Tana had always one living or she loves California and the beach. And so there was like this cycle of, Denver to LA to San Diego back to Denver and just kind of going like that for a while and then finally I was like you know what we're just moving to California so did that and Tana worked for a couple different firms there interior firms in California yeah mm -hmm. and then by the time that I said okay I'll be here too I, I took actually, you had asked like, did you ever think of a time where you might leave the profession? Yeah. You, know, you had mentioned something like that. Um, at that point, she was like, you know, I was writing a, an email every day, uh, each each week um, with just different recipes and stuff because I like to cook and I'm always kind of in that culinary portion. And she was like, all right, well, this is your moment. If you want to go to culinary school, this is it. And I took some, I took like three months off and thought about it and actually finished studying for my exam and finished my exam then sitting on the beach. Um, and uh, I was just like, you know what? I, I can see what they have to do. And I, now that we do a lot more restaurants, I see even more, you know, what they have to do and the sacrifices they make and everything for their families and stuff. I see the joy they get out too, but I was just like, no, I'm going to stick with this. So I had that brief moment where I thought about it. Mm. Not sure if it was I came to my senses or if I should have jumped. <laughs> anyway, I, I guess it's not too late, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. So is. anyway, so that's when we were. It's too late. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we had two. Remember, we tried yeah, that. We, we did that for a little yeah, bit. It's too late. <laughs> oh, that's a that's another chapter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so while we were there, 
uh, we were living right next to the beach in San Diego and I came across a house that had a flyer on it and it was a dump of a house and it was like a thousand dollars a square foot and I put it on the refrigerator when she got home and she's like what's this and I'm like it's my ticket out of here like we're moving somewhere to start picking so that's when we that's when we went to Lake Plato but we you didn't go straight away yeah we so we moved back to Texas we moved we thought we were going to go to Austin San Antonio um at that time had no the firms that we that matched with our goals and values um and we were at that time talking about you know having kids and the family and stuff like that so whenever I got to uh San Antonio and interviewed with Bo Clay Beto and a group named Overland Partners oh yeah um just Overland Partners just there's something that resonated with me you know they were a very kind of Christian oriented firm value-based firm all these different things and I was just like I don't know for some reason I feel like I mean this was Lake Plato was like the obvious choice that we were you know that's where I thought I was going to go but I yeah he would go switched. interview in Austin and I mean he had like the long list of places he was going to go and so he'd go interview at Austin and they'd be like okay well, where all are you going and he'd start listing off and he'd go in Lake Plato they're like well you'll you'll enjoy San Antonio I mean like they all knew he was going to go to Lake Plato yeah my portfolio was better than two that's so funny I, ju- I was just at a conference last week and had a great uh lecture by Rick Richard oh, yeah. yeah he's mm-hmm. yeah he's yeah he's awesome they're yeah. good people yeah, they good really are. are and yeah. just the work yeah. too is very, yeah. very strong and thoughtful yeah. rick's, rick's very thoughtful that's like They're the word I was yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah thoughtful about just uh just the work life you know how you treat people stuff like that yeah so they were they are and still good um they were and still are good friends but uh as i was working there um it was about nine months into it and there were some frustrations i was having um which you always do uh, in a new place. And, but uh, Tana was like, you know what? She had, she had chosen Lake Flato. She got offers at both as well. Nice. So she went to Lake Flato. I went to Overland. And she just told me one night, she was like, you know, they're looking for somebody with, at your level. She's like, all these people are over here like you. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I just feel like, I'm, you know, you'd fit in. And so uh, I interviewed again and went for it. And it was fantastic decision um you know i i joke with people it was like going to grad school all over again mm. you know just being there for the few years that we were there you just you learn so much stuff you learn about the poetics of things about contextuality and just other ways that you can't I mean, you would never learn it in college like that you know just the way that you're doing it and you're working with um David and Ted and seeing the humility that they have, hmm. you know, cause I think of, you know, architects, it's easy to have, you know, egos and especially whenever you're published as much as they are and they just won national firm of the year, the year before we started and, you know. And they had some really growing pains with that. Mm-hmm. Which I think success. that's what I've heard with a lot of firms. Which, yeah, happens. That, you know, um, so they were kind of looking back at themselves and who are we and what do we want to become and stuff like that, but just like building models all the time, you know, they would, um, and then, you know, just down on the floor, having the model on the table with David Lake and just looking through there and just kind of like, you know, he didn't care to get down on the floor. He, he wants to do whatever it takes to make the project as good as it's going to be, you know, and just had a really, 
fantastic relationships with with them you know bob harris um just so many people i mean you know their lunch and learns like right now you'll have a lunch and learn and it's to to learn about windows you know oh, and yeah. and Roofing it's just flat, roof flashing roof flashings hmm. you know but <laughs> at, were... no at lake flato we had lunch and learns were the unrendering master in the firm um, yeah, matt morris, would matt morris he would just classes. he would just teach classes and so we would all just learn how to do watercolor together and I mean, it was just beautiful. Like they really just beautiful. That's what they think of architecture. And that's what they really try to create a space that's beautiful and really appreciating um, the inherent values that materials have. And it was, it was something like you just don't see in, in the practical measures of architecture. I always tell people like, I mean, everybody's amazed at the work they do. I mean, it's, it's beautiful things. Um, and they, they feel rooted in their place and stuff like that. But the people that work there are like the better part of the firm hmm. more than the projects. So, I mean, cause I think that's like the ideal place to end for any firm, right? Is, is, is being that kind of level, right? And, and having the ability to create that, that work, but, but we all want it, but it's, it's, it's like, what's that secret sauce to, get it there right and and i feel like you know firms can be super thoughtful and make a lot of models and and not survive from a business point of view right um Mm -hmm. it seems like such a hard balance to have and i guess what do you yeah what what do you what what made it work is it is it is it the people just being able to grab that the best of the best that mesh in that with that humanity or i think that i mean they, they obviously draw great talent just because of who they are. I mean, we studied them, in co- studied them in college and just understood kind of like what they, how they made places um, to a degree. And then, uh, losing my train of thought here, but I think that the fact that, well, what I was gonna say is the fact that all of them are there in San Antonio together and they're not exactly like the typical demographic in San Antonio. Um, there's fantastic culture in San Antonio and, but they're a little bit different, you know, it's kind of like they're, they all just kind of go a little bit different way and it, and it sets them all apart and it kind of binds them all together. Um, I think that they would, you know, they, they have an Austin firm now and I'm curious what it's like because they're always just pushing against the grain. I feel like, and make trying to make San Antonio so much richer and so much better. Um, just because they see it, I feel like they see it differently than some other people do. And so I think, I do think the fact that they're, that we were, you know, when we were there, we were all like each other for the most part, you know, or had similar values and stuff like that. And therefore we were always together all the time. Mm. And no one like, you know, not that many people really came in at eight and left at five, or even if they did, you go out to happy hour together. You do all, you know, all the stuff together. We had, a, we had our own cycling team mm. and, you know, made our own jerseys and all kinds of stuff. They still, even the people that don't work there anymore, they still do that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it's their own community within the office, but then at the same time, they're making that community so much richer. And so, uh, yeah, it was a kind of special sauce or probably still is. I know we went back there last year. They were still doing the watercolors at lunch. Yes. Uh, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a special place. 
So that was a special place, but then you left. So what what was that decision? Was 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 Denver next? Or you want to tell this one? No, go for it. We were talking about this the other day because yeah. you had asked about, you know, is there's any like famous people, famous architects, famous clients you've had or whatever. The first the main and first project we got to work on together was there. Um and uh, we did the Lance Armstrong Foundation. And so, and this is before Lance had his fall from grace, um, <laughs> fell off the podium. But uh, so he was still kind of the, the man at that time. And we're there working on the project and multiple meetings with him, stuff like that. He treated us fantastically. And I, I know there's other stories with other people, but he treated us fantastically every time we were with them. And so it kind of had a little bit of a bond there going with it. And one day we'd been struggling for a few weeks of, I think we were expecting um, our daughter, Olivia at mm. the time. And we're like, okay, so we're going to stay here or we're going to go back to Denver. Cause anybody that knew me back then knew that I wanted to be. And I mean, we were really early on pregnant though. Yeah. That when we. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. So I don't know if anybody knew, but we were yeah. still like kind of working through those ideas is this where we're going to raise our family or not right and so we're sitting in a meeting with lance and he mentioned something about some place in austin and this place in austin and we're like yeah we're not familiar with that and he's like how do you not know that it's like the best burgers in town or whatever you know something like that and he goes ah i forget you guys are in san antonio and then he just kind of looks at tanny he's like why are you in san antonio and she's like, I really don't need this from you. <laughs> she's like, I'm struggling with that right now. And now you're asking me. Um, I mean, so yeah, it was one was... of those moments where I was. <laughs> it I... made for a long ride home back yeah, to San Antonio really... from Austin. Because <laughs> we did. We loved the people. We loved mm -hmm. the, the firm, the food. Um, but it, we the missed Denver. We, yeah. we really missed the culture and it was so hot and he was miserable in the heat and you know we missed outdoors those the lifestyle and everybody's like oh you can go outside in austin but it wasn't wasn't the same because it's so hot so anyway so yeah so we were yeah seven months along and what do we do are we going to do this or not and so we just kind of said oh you know we prayed about it we put our house in the market and we said you know if it's going to happen it's going to the house needs to sell within the next two weeks if the house it. sells in these two weeks, we'll move. If not, we're staying here. Yeah. So we put the house on the market and it sold like the next weekend <laughs> for asking price. And, and that so, was the weekend that the stock market crashed. Yeah. Like this was, yeah, this was 2008. Eight. It was October, eight. 2008. Huh. It, it was that weekend. We went on a baby boom. Realtor <laughs> was at the house. We landed and all of a sudden uh we turn on the tv yeah. and it was like the crash and we we're like okay well i guess we'll just enjoy it here and then go back and live in san antonio <laughs> yeah, but it sold and it sold so, and we could we knew it was god for yeah. sure yeah so we, you're like okay god yeah and yep. so and so you're like okay let's it sold let's move in in this downturn and let's start a firm let's no, let's do it we need to start a firm i i had actually during that whole time in san antonio um i kept in touch with herb roth mm. um he actually got his uh faia uh, while we were there whenever they had the national convention in san antonio and so you know we got to celebrate that with him and he and i kept in touch the whole time i'd go come up to denver and go skiing with them and stuff like that so um he it was you know 
it's one of those things where things are crashing, but he had a lot of publicly bonded police stations and stuff like that. And so we moved back and and he had been, you know, wanting Brandon to move or asking if Brandon wanted to move back. And so we just felt like this was the time to yeah. do it. And I mean, we, David took us into the conference room, David Lake took us into the conference room and he sat down and he was just, I mean, he was upset. He was like, you don't know what's about to happen. And I mean, I am just, I'm bawling like ugly ball. <laughs> and I mean, they're, he they're like doing looks at Brandon and he's huge like, houses for like, the president of Goldman Sachs and yeah. stuff. They, they know what's happening. They know what was happening. David we did. And, and we were just like, I'm sorry, David. We just, we, this isn't home for us. And yeah. the firm was, but the place wasn't. Yeah. The city wasn't. Yeah. So, so yeah, I came back and worked for Ross Shepard again mm-hmm. for like another three years or so. But was the, so but did you always have that idea of starting a firm together? Like when did that start? We, we like when the idea started yeah we talked about it in school and then we didn't and then we did and then we we both talk about kind of like who's i who's ideal we don't know it? really yeah we, we it's kind of funny yeah so when we were living when we had just um when brandon moved to california he was um kind of helping a friend that was doing a house and <laughs> the funny story on that is that so he says well I'm doing this house for our friends and I'm like oh yeah and, and we're you know kind of we weren't sure about designing with each other at this point and um and so he said well I want to show it to you and I said okay and so I'm like looking at it and I'm I'm in my mind you know as the wife I'm going okay how do you how do you respond that's sensitive and yet you know like i'm walking on eggshells a little bit like it, on it new was, ground it was a little too harsh and avant-garde it wasn't as uh um, poetic as like a lake plato thing at that time yeah before lake plato yeah and so he said i said well what if you did this and so i and and kind of reworked it i mean it we reworked it completely mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of funny. What if you make this little change and crumple up everything and, right? and over. start yeah. over? Yeah, we, we left this, the, the, the idea is it has a silo on it and we left that idea. Yeah. It has it's a silo in, on it's it. It's in Amarillo, Texas. It's out, it's a kind of, you know, off the highway and it's a farmhouse definitely. So it still had that silo. Yeah, yeah. we kept the silo. That's funny. I, I'm I'm constantly I have the thinner skin for sure with Becca and and <laughs> and I'll get real upset and say, Oh no, that was good. And then it's always like half hour later I look at it and no, yours yours is better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were right. Uh so um so then yeah, how did how did Liv start? So we had uh some friends that we went to church with, um, that I think we were having like our daughter's one-year birthday party hmm. and they came over they had a one-year-old as well and he kind of pulls me to the side and he's like hey we're going to be moving to montana and we didn't know him really i mean him. it was hmm. it was a brand new church really yeah we just uh, invited him because it's like why not you know yeah. get to know people and so uh he, he was just picking my brain and he was like you know should i hire an architect um <laughs> should we just have a builder do it and i was like i don't know do you want to is this someplace you're gonna live forever or is it just someplace that you're going to kind of build and then move to another place. 
because he was just graduating from college. He's like, well, her family's owned the property for like eight generations and it's right in front of Glacier National Park and it's all the stuff. And I was like, so you're probably going to be here for a while. And like, then you want it to be your house, not somebody else's. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, you should probably hire an architect. And then he was like, well, could you guys do it? And I was like, oh, we're not really a thing, but maybe we could be. And so we talked about it. And that was basically the genesis of uh, the studio was starting that uh, house up in Montana, which, I mean, it's been fantastic to see their kids grow up in it and different things like that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So did you quit at that time, Brandon? And No, I uh, still have a day job. Yeah. Uh, Tana had taken time off to raise Olivia. And um, so she she was doing it. So she started, she started Live Studio. And uh, yeah, I, I would just kind of look over her shoulder. So no, I'd go up, I'd go up on the weekends for CA stuff like that. And so then and, and go skiing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad setup. So then what was the second project then? It's always interesting, like that, the first project for people, mm -hmm. you know, and how long yeah. sometimes it can take or if it just happens, but then so it's like, what happens next? Yeah, yeah, so that second project was the interesting one. So remember when I left Brendel and I had that restaurant project? Mm -hmm. So that same client, um, we were wrapping up the house in Montana and um, I was kind of coming to the end of my time at Ross Shepherd. I was looking to do something else. And one day I just called Tana up and said, I'm done. I've got to, I've got to move on. I've got to do something else. I'm going to, let's do this whole little studio thing. Let's just take it and run with it. She's like, well, well, when do you want to do that? I'm like, like, I want to turn in my notice now, you know? And uh, so she's like, oh, I know you do, but <laughs> I was like, something will happen. It'll work out. And that's the eternal optimist in me. And so I turned in my two weeks and wrapped up, you know, stuff with projects and everything the day before my last day. So my last day was going to be on a Friday, it was on a Friday, the Thursday, um, that restaurant tour that I'd, I'd done on my own after, after Brendel's office called me up and says, Hey, do you want to do another restaurant? And I was like, yeah. I won't be doing it through Ross Shepard. And he's like, well, I've never worked, you know, you've only worked with you. So, um, he, uh, he's, he said, can you be here on Monday? I just signed the lease. <laughs> so I never had a day off. We wow. just uh, started that one. And then what was a, that? What was that one? What restaurant? Uh, it's up in, it's not around anymore. Mm. Restaurants, you know, that's just how, what happens. But uh, it was up in Genesee. Mm. So it's just a little, I mean, it was, it was a nice restaurant for the time that it was there. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a barbecue place now, but mm. Uh, but yeah, we did that one. And then a, another friend of ours um, that you knew from San, Di San Diego mm -hmm. had, you know, moved back to here. She grew up here. She had some friends she knew that were starting a restaurant. She recommended us and it just kept going. Well, and that's where we did, um, that's Weston Tap House. And that was where we did our first Digifab. Yeah. I mean, to think that that was our third project that we did. Uh -huh. And that's really who I think we wanted to be. We wanted you know, we, we wanted to be this firm that was trying new things. We'd come from like Plato that is very much about timelessness and timeless architecture. And, and while we value that and love that there, um, 
that's not always sustainable in restaurant design. And so I think it was just this idea of um, both of those two things, like how can he make something beautiful and, um, and still exploratory and cutting edge and, you know, forward thinking. Yeah. And so, I tried to, you know, push a, a couple of digital fabricated projects um, when we were at, uh, when I was at Ross Shepard there at the end and um, just, they didn't come to fruition, not necessarily because the firm wasn't going there, but it just didn't happen. And so I was like, well, maybe we can make this happen on this project. And so we pitched it to the client and um, they, totally went for it and we ended up having to since at that time you know given just files to a gc to do some digital fabricated waffle slab stuff mm -hmm. um their head would just kind of explode and they'd look <laughs> at you and they'd put like just times 10 yeah. on the price you know and so we we're like well we'll just build it ourselves yeah because like, it's, again, it's just, just yeah, i mean you know yeah. these guys they they were just bartenders and they wanted to own their own bar and uh -huh. So they, they trusted us. Yeah. Um, and they're, but they didn't have a lot of money. No. You know, they're starting out. Yeah. They're doing great now still. So they're one of those that, you know, have stood the test of time mm -hmm. just because they're good people. I think they're good people. And uh, so we built it ourselves and it was crazy. And all the stuff we went through to do that. And then another one down the street, we ended up building it ourselves. Um, yeah, just kind of, we decided after that one, we let the contractors build it. We knew how to, we knew what to give them now. Yeah. So to, but to, yeah, yeah, pretty much they were putting together small batch and the one down the street and they were like, okay, we're, this is it. We're not yeah. doing this again. We're paying yeah, that's, people that's to I do hired, it. Uh, we did small batch. That was right when I hired um, uh, Adam Steinbach to oh, work yeah. with this. And so he and I worked on that and almost, we, we breed in a lot of fumes and stuff. We probably shouldn't have. Um, he, he's going to be on the show uh, in a few weeks yeah uh so was that did you did you guys have those kind of digital skills at, at the time or were you bringing in people to kind of help you or were you teaching um, at that time as well or? so adam had been one of my students at uh, university of colorado denver uh, whenever i taught there i was teaching there while i was going to when i was at ross shepherd hmm. So he was one of my students, um, but I found a, another student that I hadn't taught, but I knew of his skills. And so I knew what we wanted to do. And so I brought him in and he and I worked on all of it together. And so he, he was super helpful. Um, he was a good kid. I mean, we've had the opportunity to have some really great, employees. have some really good. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, collaborations. Is that, the, is that the thing, you know, like that Lake Flato kind of thing, you know, of, of, of trying to get, really good people that come in and and especially when you're a small firm right it it's a big difference who, who you yeah. bring in and how it that's one of the hardest you. parts that's one of the hardest parts um in in growing a firm and in trying to maintain kind of like the culture of a really small firm i think maintaining a culture of a larger firm like lake Plato, it just kind of it, it gets set and that machine kind of runs and those certain people make sure that they tweak it and make sure it's running the right way. You know, if you're like a four person firm and you hire somebody that's going to change your culture by 25%. Right. You know? And so that's, it's hard to maintain that same culture that you had, you know, six months before or something. So um, yeah, that's just, but I think, you know, to your point, that really was the mindset. We, we really looked at Overland and Lake Flato and wanted the path for Liz studio to coincide with their mm -hmm. values and the um, the character and mm -hmm. the 
personality because I mean there is such a great personality like Plato and we we treasure that and I don't think a lot of people get to experience that in a professional setting Mm -hmm. and so we really that was our goal for sure and then through that whole thing of like when you're working for somebody else um you got more time to mentor people you got more time to kind of be like a project manager who's working with this person day in and day out mentoring them you need to watch for this and you put this on drawings all kinds of things um and when you own a firm it's harder to mentor people you know and so i think that as we were growing i got up to like six or seven at one point Mm -hmm. and i you know I was, I was still on every project. You were still on every project for the most part. And it's just hard to, to have that kind of those teaching moments and mentoring. And I was kind of missing that. And I think that that's where kind of in the last few years, we've kind of sh- shifted and shaped it so that I could teach more. Um, so that I could kind of be in that role again. And I just take joy and, you know, out of that. It's just kind of the part of who I am. So, yeah. So yeah. So now actually I'm on faculty at uh, CU Boulder. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm not adjunct anymore or anything like that popping in and out. I'm actually in staff meetings and all kinds of stuff. So too. it takes so, up even more time then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we, we've, we've made it a conscious decision to it. It didn't, it, now it hasn't just happened. We right. we've planned it out. So actually now is probably the best uh, moment, I think. In our, in our careers Be, because you're able to yeah i mean you know i do adjunct stuff at denver and it's it's so hard to to mm-hmm. squeeze that in mentally and time wise mm-hmm. and and so now huh so you've just kind of dedicated that chunk yeah to, to there and and kind of adjusted yeah and that, you're part just of the, the amount of projects you bring in and or yeah and it, i mean and i think we adjusted the size of the firm to adjust to the size of you know the number of projects probably um, but actually I think, you know, business is more kind of successful now than I, you know, in, at different levels of success, our happiness is success. Yeah. Yeah. When you can focus, figure out how to focus on what you want and, and get mm-hmm. there instead of seeing kind of size yeah. or success, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we had at one point when we had six or seven people, we were like, you know, what, we've, we're still kind of a small firm. We get to pick and choose, you know which projects we want to, or just, we get to work with great people. And a lot of times there's a lot of great people that are still coming to us, but we just didn't have time for it. You know, so we'd have like 30 projects and hmm. I mean, our head would be spinning doing that. Uh, for some people that's, they can do that really well, but for us to the, what we want, what we were putting into it, we just, it was difficult. And so now if we can take on two or three projects and really put in, you know, quality, uh, effort, quality time with our clients, call it build quality relationships and stuff like that. To us, that's a, a higher level of success for us. I know it's not like that for every firm, obviously, but that, that's just kind of the conscious effort we've taken. Yeah. So I'm interested in, you know, you have, it's such a rich background in so many firms. Uh, and it's funny because on, on LinkedIn, it's like, I think you have like two firms listed or something and it's this, this whole story is so much so much richer than i was expecting uh and, uh, and, and so you have all these experiences in these places in in italy and and you and you start the firm uh and it, it seems like yeah you have these certain ideas of kind of like like how to run a firm like overland or or kind of this kind of digifab kind of stuff uh 
Um, what do you have a project that you think like best kind of instills all that background in, in theory into it? Like, have you had a, a success in your mind, like a peak success? I hope not a peak yet. um i i I hope there's one coming up soon um but i mean there's there's ones that stand out definitely you know there's i know that within one thing that we both enjoy and one thing that was kind of part of my thesis was the you know those layers of a building and layers of history of a building and the idea one of the things that we talk about a lot internally is that we just we're not a firm that feels like we need new buildings all the time and so we get um, pulled into, uh, or just by happenstance maybe, but I think pulled into uh, adaptive reuse projects more, uh, just because we really appreciate older buildings. Um, I had a minor in historic preservation hmm. uh, in college, uh, worked for the Historic Building Survey up in Connecticut. And so just really just kind of getting to know older projects, older buildings, but then how to do contemporary interventions within those. And so I think that, you know, like, and we'll just kind of get to work with the building and listen to the building and figure out what the what the building really is over a sense of time. And I, Tana one day, I think, coined it best where she's like, the more you listen to the building, it'll like reveal itself. It'll tell you what it wants to be, you know. And so going through a process of just peeling that and really trying to understand the right moves to make in a building. Uh, we had a great opportunity uh, with the Studio Como project that we did, mm-hmm. uh, furniture store down in Rhino. Um, that was, I think that was a really good one. We had some some good, I mean, we were doing digital fabrication stuff. We have a 30 foot by 30 foot steel wall that was water jet cut. And it's like a map of Denver, kind of an abstract map of Denver. Um, so that was a fun one to figure out how to do that. And But then that led to the Denver Central Market. Mm. Um, and which, you know, we love that because it just captures kind of what we feel is the soul of that neighborhood. Um, you know, people, there's been different souls of that neighborhood, but it, it definitely, it was a catalyst, at least I say. Um, and it wasn't trying to be something that, that um, you know, people have different opinions of what the neighborhood is, but uh, um, I think that it's definitely taken off and been successful because it's not trying to come in and be too slick yeah too too modern or try too hard so One, yeah and then speaking of that building so tell me tell me more about green light lab and because mm. your your office was in there right and that's it where was. we that's where we first met once yep. brandon and uh-huh. i got a little tour of the office yep. but that was it was such a cool cool thing how'd that come about and what so happened so at the time we were officing out of studio como we were down in the we kind of carved out a space for mm. ourselves when we were doing the project uh, always a fun thing to do as an architecture firm to uh, make your own space. Uh, and we had taken a trip to Thanksgiving, uh, to New York for Thanksgiving, just to kind of take the kids and do all things Thanksgiving in New York one year. And we'd been looking for new um, space because we'd been down kind of in that garden level, I'll say, um, at Studio Como. And the thing about he kind of breezed by this, but you know, with Studio Como, it's really interesting because um, the owner had come to us and said, "Hey, the space is big. Why don't you know? Why don't you guys carve a space?" And so we had decided that we would take this corner over here, you know, which was a great corner. Which was a great corner, <laughs> and uh, but it was still in the lower level. But you know, it was um, it was 
Yeah, nice. Okay. And um, but then there was a space of the building that we had made some changes to the design, and we were like, okay, there's this space back here. Like, let's make let's make it where if our office was in there, you know, was, like we want to make before it, that was the least desirable. Portion it was the least desirable. Yes. And so let's make it a space that people want to be in. And so we ended up taking that space because we're like, that's right. You know, like you make a space, even if it's the least desirable, mm. like we yeah. want you to want to be there, you know, and it ended up, it, it was a great space for us. Yeah. We had a lot of great, we had a lot of uh, great absolutely. things. It, it was really defining kind of our culture at the time. Mm -hmm. We had, awesome charrettes we had a place built for charrettes and all that stuff that was so fun that yeah. was really fun yeah. yeah um but then we were looking for a new space just to because we were kind of growing out of it we wanted to maybe have a little more street frontage and stuff like that so we knew uh so we went to new york and we uh, were doing all things for the kids and stuff being tourists and then one night we went out just the two of us together and we're sitting in a little cocktail bar typical new york neighborhood cocktail bar it's really quiet they're not quiet but it's you can still at least hear yourself talk which in most places in Denver at the time you couldn't and so we we're like you know tana made the mistake of saying you know what if we ever had a cocktail bar i want something like this something that we could hear each other talk the drinks are good you know the lighting's just right all this stuff and all she says all i heard was we could have a cocktail bar it's true <laughs> but uh at that time i was like well you know there's this one space coming up and we knew you know it's one of our clients and we knew about it before others and i was like it's set up perfect where we could have a studio in the front and then have this little cocktail bar party in the that. back <laughs> yeah <laughs> and have it, have it come off the alleyway and now yeah, it was kind of it, it didn't stop from there but it's so funny because the green light sort of process to get green light was we'd said, okay, well, maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do this. And so we kind of talked it through and, and put some performa together and we're thinking about things and, um, and the owner, the client or the owner wasn't really responding. Like he wasn't sure he wanted to give the space to us, you know? And so we kind of were like, all right. Okay. And so we said, I told Brandon, I said, okay, we needed a new car. And I said, okay, we're going to get this new car if we don't get the space. But if we get the car, we're not doing green light. Like it was, it was that or the other. And so we had this talk with the owner and it was like, no, we're not going to do the space because he wanted to do something else, which was totally fine, you know. Um, but he wanted to pursue another avenue. And so we were like, okay. So we bought the car. I kid you not, the next day he calls us up and goes, that's it. Let's do it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. Let's do it. And we're like, I'm like, no, we bought the car. It's yeah. in the garage. Keep, like, keep the receipt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So, but yeah, so. I mean, true story about been, life. I before like. before Greenlight, we'd been looking at other spaces and actually thinking about doing stuff that had kind of like art gallery associations with it that had a liquor license that could be more like having events within it and have our studio kind of at the back of it or something so that we could kind of have some more community involvement yeah at that, that time really we wanted community involvement that yeah. was the goal with green light was we wanted a place a space that um, could be activated by others could be used by others we wanted um, a space that we could test things out for our clients you know we have a lot of first-time clients that are doing a restaurant and we wanted to explain we wanted to use it as an ed educational space mm -hmm. in some ways and we also wanted to use it as an experimental space yeah. so i mean we really had um a balance between what we wanted to do um 
right i mean yeah it was just it was a sense of exploration yeah yeah and so we got to explore all the time back there and and then there were there were a lot of times where we would have a restaurant that was opening up but you know as most projects you know a lot of projects just kind of something happens and then they they'd already hired people but now it's two weeks before they're going to get to open and they're paying these people and so we would have like a little kind of pop-up i think really people really weren't doing pop-ups yet and i don't know if they were not yeah anyway, we do a little pop-up with them and they would get to promote themselves before they even got open mm-hmm. and they would be like they their drinks, drinks are going to be and, and then they get to get feedback on their drinks and different things like that and yeah. their their bartenders and servers would get to work a little bit and so it was it was fun to to let our um our clients explore too within the space yeah so we got to do that a few times which is fun I thought it was great. I mean, just the, the space felt so good. The drinks were amazing. I think you, ca- you came out with like a, a spherical ice cube that got cracked open with a hammer and smoke came out and it was yeah, like, I uh, that. And it was, it was so good. And just the, idea, fun. just the idea of, of sort of having, you know, in my head, like this, this other income source for an architecture firm seems great, but I guess you also have the other headaches of another business as well probably so like yeah what, yes. it, what yeah. is what happened is that is that what brought it no down? that's not no actually whenever we um sold it it was doing better than it ever had hmm. and had been for weeks and mo- actually months it's just been kind of going up and up and up and up and our um staff that we had on board was you know the best staff we'd had um a lot of fun very creative um taking care of things uh, I, you know, we didn't really have to really be there and manage it hmm. that much anymore. So the, the idea of it was, it was the best it had ever been, but we were just always kind of looking over our shoulder. <laughs> Is it going to always be like this? You know, it's hmm. just that, and so, um, you know, we had, we had a lease that was, you know, we had three more years and we we're like, well, in three years, we'll do this with our life in three years. We'll do this with live studio in three years. We'll do. And then we had, uh, our next door neighbor, uh, the jazz club, they had been planning a new space and uh, we, their thing fell through. And I saw that in the business journal. And so I called her up and I was like, have you found anything new? She's like, no. And I said, well, do you want something closer to home? And she just started laughing. She's like, I wanted that space before you got it. <laughs> and they, and our place never had a kitchen. So we just had really small bites and stuff. They were able, they're able to utilize the kitchen next door mm. and bring that stuff in. So it, it's, was really better suited for them and then we got to do all those things that we said we were going to do three years from then so what are those things what's 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 next maybe i guess i don't even know what they were now but now it's teaching Mm. so i guess i I joke that i never can't have one job um so before i had those two and now i've still got two but um we had a big i mean i felt like we had a big purge year where we mm -hmm. just mentally I mean we have been running so hard I think about all the projects that we've done in our time and I'm I I mean it was quite a list and I think we were just exhausted we were kind of running a little on themes we needed to slow down a little bit and we just started purging and um and that just meant for us just kind of cleaning house you know a little bit Mm -hmm. and simplifying simplifying we we really were searching for um Mm -hmm how we could find a good balance. And um, my running joke is that 
God took our purge one step further and he purged the bar because we didn't intend to sell the bar. I mean, in fact, we were packing it up. I mean, I'm like crying going, are you sure? Are you sure this is what we should do? And we just got named top 20 gin bar in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Right after, right after we'd uh, made our agreement with the, the people next door. And it's like, are you sure you want to do this? Are we sure? But I mean, it was right. You know, it was was good, but it was, it was not on, we didn't know it was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool to hear that, that it's like you guys are at a good running point right now. Like, uh, and do you see, do you see that being able to kind of sustain for the future? Or are you going to get bored and start ramping it up again? Or, you know, do you know what, do you know what that looks like? Um, we, we never seem to do the same thing. From year to year so i have no idea what it looks like i, I do have i feel like uh with the current clients that we have right now that it, the next you know year do look good so um yeah like i said it's a, it's a really good time um and i think you know the pandemic has really taken us to a new space as well i mean i think you know the world is not the same as it was and um, even imagining what it will be after is kind of hard at this point, especially considering, you know, most of the clients that we have are, um, and the clients that we love so much are restaurants, you know? And um, I mean, we've, we just have so many great um, people in our life, I feel like, mm-hmm. from those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best part of what we do. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, it's so hard too, because um, they're extreme as well, you know? I mean, I have to say, like, that's the fun of it, really. Yeah. So they, they work hard and they kind of, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they, they expect that, but they, you know, that's what they see. That's just normal life to them. Yeah. So you don't, you don't set a schedule that's just like, you know, you would on a police station. <laughs> a lot more ups and downs. Yeah. or just push through and go go hard yeah but at the same time they expect a lot of fun things and they they expect you to come up with fun ideas and they expect you to come up with things that you know they would never you know when people walk into a space and they're just kind of like the hell's going on here you know they expect that out of you and so yeah. you can't phone it in yeah you can't phone projects. it in no so but, uh, yeah. You can come. You can come up with an amazing narrative, and they'll and it helps their business. You know, you come up with an amazing narrative on a police station, and you know, it, it helps you as an architect. Yeah, <laughs> this holds people in better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these bars equal. Yeah. Uh, so well, uh, cool. You know, and it, I've, you know, we we go to the same church, but we we really haven't haven't really met that much and and uh, exactly. i just loved in this podcast because i get to really uh, an excuse to connect with with you guys especially you were kind of top of the list and it, it's fun you know with rebecca and i kind of looking up to you guys and how you've formed your studio and the work that you do and um and how you teach as well and yeah so appreciate it's been it fun. thanks, thanks it's for been, coming on it's been oh, fun following you. the the uh, podcast yeah um just going in and then also seeing like other people that I've worked with or friends that I have and stuff like that, you know, go back and listen to see what Joseph's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually first, first time I started teaching at CU was with Rick when he was at Boulder. So oh, really? he and I taught a class together. 
So well, we've, you know, we've talked all along that architects don't really support each other very well. Yeah. And we really appreciate what you're doing. Absolutely. Just this idea of supporting each other. I think we could, this world could use a little bit more supporting each other. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. so, especially in architecture, I mean, it's a, you know, it's hard, but it's fun because a lot of the firms will be going for a project and it's like we're against the same people and it's like oh yeah well we know them you know we used to work there or we yeah. used to work with them or we're good friends with them and mm -hmm. but yeah. you never see them anymore you know like we're we may hear about them but you just don't see people yeah, like, you, get, yeah. you get busy yeah. and you get mm -hmm. yeah you do but yeah. you see their work and stuff like that yeah. and so like there's firms that are just like you know well we know that we're going up against them because we pretty much do every time <laughs> and you know they'll tell us and we're like, you know, yeah, those are great guys. They're great guys. Yeah, they're they're like, great people, they kind of, you know? the clients get taken back. They're like, well, they said the same thing about you. I'm like, that's good. That's yeah. nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thank you for listening to this week's show. You can visit architecting.com. That's architect-ing.com to see images from this week's guest. And please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week and keep connecting. I don't remember what she said. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I was going to say, I feel oh. like you, I've seen you. I've seen, I've listened to a number of them. I usually kind of handpick because I like, you know, I'm friends with Brad, Tom Check, and mm. I know Rick really well and to Joseph. And so, so I'll kind of handpick those and um, you're, you're getting a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I know it, it just I, happens naturally, right? It's just what it is. And like I said before, like I in the beginning, I was so freaked out. I was trying to like get it perfect, you know. And yeah. it it took me eight months, and I was trying to edit this thing, and it was like mm -hmm. finally, I just got to do it. And what I'm excited for you guys, did you did you record this on your end? Yeah, mm -hmm. awesome. So I, I think this is the first one that I'm actually going to get that and okay. and splice the audio together, and I think okay. that the audio will be quite a bit better. Okay. Um, um, well, hopefully you'll hear my phone dinging constantly here i oh, i didn't hear it okay you, oh, good. You, you the funny phone. thing is <laughs> becca is just in the other room and she had a meeting and so i literally so i'm in our coat closet and i i literally went and took our son's uh twin mattress and she shoved it against the door on this side <laughs> <laughs> and, and so i'm like i don't even know if i can get out right now really <laughs> uh, That's so funny. Awesome. but uh, yeah i i because you, you you didn't hear her in a meeting did you no okay no. good not at all. yeah, yeah. That's maybe funny. we maybe we put another mattress up there i don't know <laughs> the things that we do right now right you know yeah we've got two offices here in the house she's got one up upstairs and mm -hmm. i've got this one here and you know and i'll i'll be in here teaching a class um and my son's in the room next door uh playing on his oculus and running around <laughs> screaming at other kids and stuff like that i'm just like oh uh, I mean, we named our company after our kids, so we, <laughs> yeah, yep. Which is funny because her. she's not the one who would ever go into architecture, and our son is the one who <laughs> I could see it. Well, so. we we used to have the big sign up that had Live Studio at the at one of site. our big projects, and we were driving up to it one day, and Z goes, "Hey, where's my sign?" <laughs> And so when we named Greenlight, it was Z's Greenlight Lab. No one really knew the Z, but if you looked everywhere, like there were little Z's everywhere. And it was because that was our son's Greenlight Lab. Yeah, it was Z. He had put on an apron. He'd go back there and he had like juice lemons and Now when he comes home, he's got the shaker and he's making his own. He's making the spheres and like. Oh, I saw that. And the candles, right? 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Candles oh, yeah. Made. Those candles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like he, he's like, sister, you can have the architecture firm. I'm taking <laughs> right. the cocktail bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny. I, I always say, and then Tana has to remind me that I say it because I end up doing it too. Um, but the I heard a quote the other day of the comparison is the thief of all joy. Mm. You know, yeah. and, when, and that goes with social media. And she had to like call me out on it the other day. She's like, you know how you say that? And you don't know it's robbing you. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. I think that's the thing is because I think it's robbing you of this joy of creating just a really great story, you know, worrying mm-hmm. or thinking about because, yeah. you know, our story is interesting because we have an early Denver Mm-hmm. And then we have an after, and those are two separate Denvers. So we could probably talk an hour on Denver before, you know, mm-hmm. our first chapter, yeah. right? Our first book. <laughs> and then we've got this latest book mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a whole different Denver, but the interesting, the players kind of, you know, interact yeah. the same people, but it's, uh, it's interesting to think about. I think time mm-hmm. and I don't think I really especially when we have so much of it yeah. <laughs> at the same time she runs everything so I could pull back my <laughs> <laughs> I'm just riding her coattails so. hey, yeah that's a good <laughs> we're a good team you know that whole balance of yeah. he takes care of his portion and I take care of my portion and that's really how we have yeah success I feel like is we can't come together but we each know and we know we're better together you know i mean we're better when we like when we are spitballing things and throw we you know we throw them up on the wall and see what sticks and it's kind I've of one a, of those i'm gonna check on it engineer real quick oh okay there's submitting drawings right yeah, now so i'll be no right problem. they're probably freaking out and hmm. you i mean you've got a family you're probably ready to go too oh, so yeah. i mean i'll be back if you guys do um, oh no they yeah you're stuck in a closet so I'm stuck in a clo- i can't get out becca becca went to pick up the kids now yeah so oh, that's yeah. so fun uh, yeah well so you know for us we'll we'll throw things out and i am much better knowing that i've got him to work through and i, I don't think that it's um, design is not me- meant to be done in a box mm-hmm. it's really meant to be a collaboration and um we like to say that we're the we're the firm that not only asks why, but ask why not. And I think that says a lot about who we are and what we really want to be is asking those questions, not just why, but why not. Uh, that really does help us to be better. Yeah. I feel like. And I, it's, it's cool. Like the typology you're working with where, yeah, you're kind of able to bring more of that meaning into it. Maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. when it's sort of the interiors where you don't have to deal with, so much of an enclosure and things and oh um, i hate waterproofing i mean that's yeah. pretty much why i didn't go into architecture as a whole because i'm like dude that stuff is just like uh, yeah i just cannot handle that too much you know so yeah it's funny. part of it and you know you got to know it and you got to be good at that too but you definitely can't let it suck you in and i feel like the details of of that can really suck you in sometimes so it's finding that balance yeah I actually, yeah. I actually um, used your desk at the at Yale. We came up, we drove up from Hartford over the summer, took all the architecture or like six or seven or eight or I can't remember how many desks out of the architecture studios. Really? Put them up in a U-Haul, took them down to Hartford, put them inside uh, the Mark Twain house. 
Oh, really? On the, on the third floor of the Mark Twain <laughs> house. I had a studio set up there for a summer. Oh. And then we had to take them back to Yale. So That's funny. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love that building. That was, that was a cool building. Such a castle so architecture. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was so brutal, but it just mm -hmm. such an amazing space to be in. Like, the light is just fantastic. And the best fire stairs you've ever been in. And <laughs> <laughs> You got Louis Conrad across the street. Yeah, two two of them. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. but and really good pizza. A really good pizza. Yeah. That was the first time that I had pizza. It wasn't like Pizza Hut or Domino's or something. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went to uh, what are the two? Um, we went to Sally's. Sally's, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what is this big amoeba thing? It's <laughs> <laughs> like charcoal on it and a little burn, but and so then, good. And then you so ate good. it. Yeah. yeah no that was i remember i was listening to uh to joseph's um thing either today or i think i've listened to it in house but he was talking about traveling abroad or something like that and all of a sudden wonder bread or bread wasn't wonder bread all of a sudden yeah <laughs> yeah different things like that that was my execs um between connecticut and italy those those things of getting out of where you grew up is so important or so key in yeah your development I had that same feeling, you know, I just grew up in the middle of Kansas out in the country and it was just like, mm -hmm. everything was just so empty and so flat. And that whole time yep. I was just like, I got, I need else. to get out. Yeah. I got to. Yes. Uh, there's more. Uh, I know there's, there's, there's more. more. Well, and it's funny because my mom grew up in like inner city, Washington, DC. Her, her father was a pastor there and somehow she ended up in the small town in McPherson. So every summer we'd go to DC and I'd get like exposed to that, you know, and mm -hmm, it was like yeah. her, that whole family was over there and it was just like that's that's what i want that's what right I want to go there. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah very yeah. yeah. yeah, cool oh, cool guys oh well, yeah thank all you for taking all this time absolutely absolutely, absolutely. yes fun. yeah we should uh get the families together and have dinner someday sometime. we would love yeah. to actually meet let's do that <laughs> like sure. this is sarah hubbard host of you and me kid a podcast about starting and raising a family on your own we just launched season two and i'm speaking with single moms those still considering and experts in relevant fields to give you a real sense of what the day-to-day -day experience of solo parenting looks and feels like plus this season i've partnered with california cryobank the number one sperm bank in the u.s so wherever you are in the process this podcast provide some support, humor, and helpful information. Listen to You and Me Kid wherever you get your podcasts.